Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Ali and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello! Welcome back, everybody! We're back! Yes, we are. What's it's going fall. on? What's going on with you today? Well, it's fall. I'm drinking coffee. I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. I'm just going to oh, say it. Really? No, I won't drink them. First well, of all, they're too expensive. Right. I can make my own they're coffee too at sweet. home. Yeah, I don't like the sweetness. Yeah, yeah so I get it. That's where I'm standing today. All right. No to the there pumpkin you go. spice latte. Yeah, I heard on the news this morning that now we can start watching the the days get shorter and shorter and oh, I've yeah. already been watching that so I know. it's like but I have already s- happening I know I have seen the leaves start to change oh that's always nice just a little bit because it's so pretty it is and it's been a lovely fall so far it has been it really has it was pretty wet there last weekend but yeah we needed that rain it was good yeah yeah so I was yeah otherwise yeah. you know I'm just you know doing stuff in my studio just playing around with resin. Yeah, that's Sticky fun. stuff. Sticky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. And uh, got a couple new ideas to figure out because I still have so much tile. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out to do like wall art with some tile stuff. Ooh, fun. Yeah, with some wood and tile and Ooh, resin. Ooh, that sounds so, cool. And then my sister came up with an idea with some screens, mm-hmm. some maybe canvas screens with some resin. I'm like, ooh, could be really heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Got some ideas brewing. So, you know, nice. I got some time on my hands. <laughs> It's fall. It's fall. <laughs> so I what know. are you doing? Well, What's I'm really up with glad you? to have some time on my hands because it's know. been a busy summer. It has been. But, um, oh, yesterday I just got the best news. What? So I got a letter in the mail. Um, as you know, my ex-husband died in August, the day before my birthday. I know. That's... And um, threw our family into kind of a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday I got a letter from... T- Tia Kreff, that he never took me off as the beneficiary, and I get his retirement. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. That, I mean, that's, well, congratulations. I know. I feel like. You um, know, I just know there's some history to this whole story. So I'm I'm grateful that you Mm -hmm. will receive something and something for your kids. Exactly. So my plan is to take those checks and put them in a savings account and start uh, a little fund fund for my kids. Yay. Maybe they'll have a down payment in a couple of years for a house or something like that. That's awesome. So I'm pretty excited. And what a what a positive to come out of Of something so tragic. So exactly. Yeah. So that was it was a really happy day yesterday. I went and got his death certificate. Oh, my God. It was a process. But wow. um, it was, you know, it was a weird it was weird to do all that and be so happy about it. <laughs> it's 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 strange times. I know. Strange times. Boy, <laughs> That's howdy. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's strange times right now. Yep. I can't even. I just. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, well, I'm excited about our guest today. Me too. Um, The first time I heard about Maya was when she was one of the featured artists at Emerge. Mm -hmm. She and, (laughs) who was the other artist again? Ronaldo. 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 And um, the two of them 
had their own work at this show. Mm -hmm. But what I thought was so cool about this show is that the two of them actually collaborated and created pieces together as part of the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually bought a couple of those pieces. I've seen them. They're um, gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, uh, to talk to Maya. So thank you for being here. Yes. Hello. Thank well, you for having me. Yes, welcome. So Potter Extraordinaire. Right. I know. I, I was on your website. Your stuff is beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. It's fresh and fun and colorful. And, <laughs> That's what uh, I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Good. So you're from Denver. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? No, you're not from Denver. I'm not you from lived Denver. In Denver. I lived in Denver for about seven years. I'm from Toledo, Ohio originally, mm-hmm. but I haven't lived there in a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, I grew up there my whole life, or my whole life up until high school, and then I went to college in Ohio also. I went to Xavier for a year down in Cincinnati, but then I mostly went to uh, Bowling Green State University just south of Toledo mm-hmm. about half an hour. So, um, stayed around there and then left after college, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lived in New York, mm-hmm. lived in, uh, New York city, lived in upstate New York, then lived in Costa Rica and Oops. then Denver. Mm-hmm. And, I want to hear a little bit about why you lived in Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. So, oh, I mean, gosh, why not? Why did you come I back? Know. Yeah. 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 Why, why did you well, leave? Well, my. <laughs> Too many bug bites, but no, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, that's a good reason, actually. But, um, no, so my husband and I met in upstate New York at a place called the Omega Institute, and I was, before that, I was living in New York City, and I was teaching, or not teaching, I was working at a spiritual bookstore in New York City. Um, called East West Bookstore and I met this guy there that um, was going to be working in a the cafe at Omega so he helped me get a job at Omega and when I got to Omega I met my husband Mitch like at the beginning of the season and we dated throughout the whole season and Omega's like a I call it hippie camp for adults in the woods like it's like it is an old camp that they had taken over it's one of the oldest um, holistic institutes in the country and um, people come there from all over the world to take courses and to teach and um, they do yoga and meditation and art and creative writing and and now they do like clean living and and sustainable living and things like that Mm -hmm. and um and so it's you're like living out there in the woods and and everything's kind of fast-tracked if you're like you're like living with each other there's nothing else to do right taking yoga every day and doing that kind of life and so it was like a quick way to get to know somebody and we dated through through that season and uh I had been talking about wanting to become a yoga teacher, and my husband actually was um, working as a housekeeper at Omega, Mm -hmm. and I was in the cafe, like, making, you know, coffee drinks and stuff, Mm -hmm. and and he had said, well, there, it was interesting, because seeing all these spiritual people, um, and getting to go into their rooms and clean them, some of the people that presented us, like these, you know, very saintly people, had like a mess of a room. (laughs) And then he had this couple that he said, their room just feels really, really good. And 
that was enough for me. Like I went and looked them up and they seemed like these wonderful people. And they were, they lived in Costa Rica and had a place called the Nosara Yoga Institute down there. And I really liked it because it was not, um, a single like sort of yoga doctrine like Mm -hmm. he had a really extensive yoga background and so pulled from a lot of different things so it wasn't like just hot yoga or just you know Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. just one of these big name people um and he had a lot of experience and pulled from all of it to create like an integrative yoga system and uh that you could do kind of whatever you wanted so i liked that Mm -hmm. technique Mm -hmm. and um and so i went down there and we we were first going to just go as like a month long intensive yoga training. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got down there. We were going to stay for like maybe an extra month. But we had all our stuff in storage already because we were living in the woods. At Omega. <laughs> right. And uh, we stayed for like a year. Wow. But my sister and wow. my sister in law now, she, my, my husband's sister, came down to visit us with her then boyfriend. And he, they stayed for like three years, and they were just gonna visit us. <laughs> wow! It was like no sorry, no sorry in Costa Rica has like a real pull, pulls people in and keeps mm-hmm. them there. It's a beautiful place. It's like all dirt roads and oh wow, um, like a beautiful break for surfing that's constant all year, kind of mm. like not too strong and not too weak. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of yo- surf schools, mm-hmm. and so there's a big. Um, there's a little town and then there's a big expat community to it there too. And mm-hmm. it's oh, a pretty wow. cool place to live. So we just kind of hung out. My husband and I are going to go winter. check it out. Um, maybe as a potential place to live in the winter. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, Sara, if you're around, I don't know where you're going in Costa Rica. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> the, there's a lot of very different places in Costa Rica. So we were in the Guanacaste region, which is on the Pacific coast and it's beautiful area over oh, there. And cool. then there's the Osa Peninsula. We traveled around down there, but mm-hmm. we traveled all over, but, um, it was a really cool oh, place to live. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, I'll definitely yeah. look that Check up, it up when yeah. you're ready to go. You may never yeah. come back. I yeah. That's the story <laughs> oh, there. Really? Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. waking up with the monkeys. It was cool. It was really, uh, I'm glad I did it then. Um, I'm not, I now have kids and yeah. everything. So it's like right. a whole nother ball game. I, ha- I knew a lot of people there with like older kids that mm-hmm. they sent them to the school there, which had like people from all over the world and all these different languages, oh, wow. which was, it was a small school, but very international. Mm-hmm. And um, it seemed really cool, but like for like older kids, they right. could really enjoy it and like learn to surf and sure. Spanish oh, and cool. immersive school. do all the stuff. Yeah. 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 So also, I mean, I think I just got kind of, done with being out of the country being away I knew that I wanted to like you know get married have a family and mm-hmm. I didn't really want to I mean my mom was already mad enough at me for being <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the country yeah. or like a beat away and like so when are you I'm coming like, home right yeah sometimes when she because she lives in Virginia and I'm like I could be out of the country mom I know <laughs> my that, mom like... <laughs> lives in Virginia too oh yeah she's yeah. my mom's in Charlottesville Oh, that's where I was born. Oh, yeah. Really? In Charlottesville? Nice. I never yeah. lived in Charlottesville, but my mom lives there now. My grandparents lived there. I lived and that's there for two years. 
when oh, I yeah. we moved when I was two. I go back there all the time. I love yeah. Charlottesville. My whole family lives in Virginia. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole different thing though going out to the East Coast. Yeah. I love the West. Now that I've been in the West, I love it out here. To mm-hmm. live out here. I know it is a whole different ball game, but there is. It still holds a yeah. huge place in my heart. Going back all the the woods there, it's so much thicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love being out in the woods out. And, and the, the colors in the fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fall is. Oh amazing. yeah, here they're like, oh yeah. look at that yellow tree. Right. I know, right? <laughs> That's one tree. <laughs> nice <laughs> right. right look at the tamarack yeah. <laughs> all yellow <laughs> well you actually mm-hmm. went to school as a glass artist mm-hmm. how did you get from yoga to glass to, to pottery you went to glass to yoga to yeah back to... I, I I um well I got into glass when I was in high school actually because in Toledo Ohio it's actually a really um big glass city it's mm-hmm. called the glass city oh, really? uh, Libby wow. glass is there so that's a big mm-hmm. um glass manufacturer mm-hmm. and so the Toledo Museum which I grew up just down the street from is surprisingly a really good museum too uh, oh. for like such a small city mm-hmm. Toledo's kind of the size of Spokane um yeah. and it's got this really well-known museum which mm-hmm. is surprising but um being close to Detroit too I think has something to do with it but mm-hmm. um so they had the glass program in the museum that I got involved in in high school and then I took a year off that I'd just go to normal college and then I was like I want to go to art school and I I transferred to Bowling Green because they had a glass program Mm -hmm. and I specifically wanted to be a glass in the glass program there and so I um I went through a senior studio. I, I did my concentration in glass in college and did mostly blown glass and big glass and then I did my main my final one was like big slumped glass and I welded all the big things for it and I went through senior studio in sculpture also but I also went through senior to senior studio in ceramics and the ceramic department kept pulling me into it more and more and by the end of college I was like if I'm going to go anywhere I'm going to go into ceramics I think Mm -hmm. because it just kind of got my heart um Mm -hmm. in there and um I did even work as a glass blower a couple summers over co- through college at Corning, which is a big glass place also, mm-hmm. um, probably one of the biggest in the world. And, um, but I, I, when I was deciding what I wanted to do, when I, when I was starting back up as an artist, I knew I wanted to do clay because I just love being able to like smush your hands into it. You can't mm-hmm. do that with glass. And, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And like you can just kind of puts around with it in your garage and glass Mm -hmm. is like a whole especially if you're doing hot glass it's like you need the tanks and the gas and the people and the things yeah it's expensive and oh sure and uh all that but I I burnt out on art this was your question actually (laughs) I burnt out on art in college because I was one of the students that was just like living in the art building I just like Eight slept. I literally mm-hmm. a couple of friends of mine and I we like pulled a couch into this unused room and we would like rotate people sleeping. On oh, the couch. funny! <laughs> like coming like three in the morning. Hey, it's my turn to sleep on the couch. <laughs> and uh, I just like I mean it was great. It was wonderful, but um, I just like too much. I, I think I went in a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so by the time I graduated uh, with my BFA, I was like I don't even want to like think about art. For yeah. like a long time. Break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and I actually did a um, a meditation retreat and um, 
took some time doing that, and I decided from that I wanted to teach yoga and do, you know, focus on my sort of spiritual side, mm-hmm. and did that, and I really enjoyed that, and I'm glad that I did that, and then when I was in Denver, when it, after all of this, I was teaching yoga full-time, uh, and then slowly started growing my ceramic business alongside mm-hmm. of that. Right. Did you know that right here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we have one of the nation's premier anti-bullying programs for students? Since 2006, Stu Cave and the Ovation Company has been helping students and educators reach their full potential by following this simple philosophy. Work hard, play fair, be kind. For more information on how to make your school a kinder place, visit www.ovationcompany.com. So I hear that you have uh, quite a following on Instagram. I do. Yeah. How many? Um, I guess over like around sixty-three or sixty-four thousand. Wow. Mm. How do you how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? <laughs> well, uh, you know, time. Mm-hmm. How do you my handle, handle it? it? Oh, my handle is Melissa Maya Pottery. That's my business name. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for me, Melissa Maya Pottery. And that's your website too, right? Yes. MelissaMayaPottery.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, I started, so I, let's see, start at the beginning. I started my business um Alongside doing yoga, which was I was talking about, I was teaching maybe like 13 or so classes a week and and um, doing my pottery on the side and slowly growing it. And then as I started to make more money doing that, I was like taking away yoga classes. Yeah, and you're like, I don't need to. So yeah. I was like making more money doing pottery. And at first, my pottery business was very much a... Um, what I'd call production pottery, mm-hmm. where I was making a lot of the same things over and over again, mm-hmm. and I was starting it out on Etsy, and Etsy was a very different game back then. That was like 2013, mm-hmm. and I was really working the Etsy system, and if anybody was on Etsy back then, it was like, mm-hmm. it was all about creating these teams, and you'd try to get on the front page together, and so then eventually I was like on the front page a lot, and I got a feature on Etsy, mm. and was starting to get some real traction that way, mm-hmm. and but I was doing production pottery where I was putting out um, my pieces and I was having them sold, uh, made to order. So then I'd say, okay, it'll take four to six weeks to make. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that for a while, a couple of years. And then, and I'm like a late, I mean, I don't usually like jump onto the new thing. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't need an iPhone, an iPod. Ugh. I have all my CDs. <laughs> So I was like, uh, Instagram hashtags, what is that? That's silly. Yeah. And uh, so then I was finally like, I'll try it out. Right around after I had my first daughter, uh, who's now seven. So I guess it was like six years ago that I started Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now I judge everything by how old my kids are. It's like, I'm in that phase of life. (laughs) I don't remember how old I am. I have to like count backwards from how they are. Yeah. But uh, so about six years ago, I started and I just was like, I guess I'll try it out. I'll see how it goes. And I I was like, and then I quickly started to see how cool it was and seeing mm-hmm. other people doing it and like doing really well. And 
I just started kind of doing whatever they were doing, what they were having success with. It's one of my like main um, pieces of advice that I give people is look around and see what's working for other people and then just do that. Yeah. But like your own way, mm-hmm. like just put in your own <laughs> stuff right. into that like mm-hmm. template. I mean, it's what I did on Etsy. It's how I grew my Etsy business and Mm -hmm. it's how I've grown my Instagram business in a lot of ways. Also, um, my other piece of advice that I give people is to, um, it's very complicated. This is my, I think how many parts you, this is how you become successful at something (laughs) (laughs) because people always want to know you Google how to do that thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. One. So Google. I'm Google. all about Google. I know. Okay. This no. is going to be very complex. Okay. One Google. So you Google. When I first started Etsy, it was like how to sell on Etsy or how to be successful on Etsy, how to mm-hmm. be successful on Instagram. And then step two, read the articles. Okay. All the way through. <laughs> all, no. Yeah. The whole way through. The whole, the whole right. thing. That makes the sense. The whole thing. I get you. So then... No, and then the the third step is the crucial step, mm-hmm. is to do the things do- that they say to do. <laughs> this are you writing this down? Part I know, and it seriously <laughs> is the hardest part for people because and I and I get it because and the other thing is I had success growing my Instagram business in a way Instagram was very different then. It was only squares. You could only put up at first. You could only put up fifteen second videos. Mm. Oh. And, uh, and so it was like a whole different, like, oh, this works and this works, but that's what worked then. And that's what Mm -hmm. grew my business then. Now it's going to be a whole different set of things. There's the Mm -hmm. reels and there's the, you know, pointing to the thingies and the whatever people are doing now. And and that's, I would probably be, um, doing a lot of different things now than I did then. Mm -hmm. But I seriously like just read the articles and then I like, and then I did the things mm-hmm. in the articles. And that's so hard because people I give advice to. And then and they're like, well, I don't want to do it that way. And you're like, well, I mean, it might not work then. I, it might work. There are some people. There's <laughs> always, there's always, always, always exceptions to the rules. I mean, we all know. Uh, yeah. But, like, yeah. there's also rules for, like, a reason because, like, it works. And um, so there's ways to, to do that. I would say um, a a couple of my actual pieces of Instagram advice, though, are um, videos help grow an audience mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. People just love videos. I mean, you know, when you watch it. I, I also always think about, like, what do I want my experience of being on Instagram to be? I love videos. I like watching things that are well done. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I really like about social media and about and about the accounts that I like to follow are authenticity. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see a bunch of just like really well, you know, uh, made videos that have all this production value. That is great for watching Netflix or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a documentary or or whatever. But like when you're you're in somebody's hand. Yeah. That's intimate. This is like a place where you can be yourself and be really raw Mm -hmm. and I don't want to see something that's super polished I'd rather see the clutter in the background and right the Mm -hmm. the the real person and Mm -hmm. especially with like stories you can just kind of show what you're actually doing and Mm -hmm. and be a little bit more more authentic that way and people see straight through it when you're not yeah and um and so I I believe and it's the funny thing is it's a lot easier that way 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I'm always like, don't spend all the videos that I like. Spend all this time like making it look really. Those go like. And then the ones that I'm just like, took my phone out and I just like took a picture video of me like dunking a pot into a thing. Like, That's the it. one that oh. like gets a million views. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> my, I had a, I did have one video that went over like to 1.5 million views. That's my biggest one. And it wow. was like. Literally, I think I was just throwing, and I just popped my phone on my little tripod and just talked while it's like me being like, and now I'm pulling up, and now I'm taking it out, and now I'm going to, and it's like, uh, people liked it, I guess, because it's just like so simple. Mm -hmm. She's my Bob Ross. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So <laughs> I've had people tell me that they watch them with their kids going to bed. It's like, oh, <laughs> funny. So I like that a lot. And uh, and so, yeah, I say, you know, authentic, simple is mm-hmm. better and everything. Mm-hmm. But also, who knows what right now. I mean, I, I feel really happy to have already kind of grown a good audience too mm-hmm. that now I'm kind of cruising I I mean I wouldn't mind cr- growing my audience more of course because I love finding new people right but um I've got a great audience now and, yeah. and they are really supportive and uh really a wonderful little corner of the internet and mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, the internet can awesome. be a, a rough place sometimes it can Everyone, be. but like I never get that. I've mm-hmm. only gotten it a couple times when I've gotten my um, things picked up by bigger bigger pages. And then I'm like, ooh, internet's scary. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I got put on a couple like really big names and it was like, whew. Wow. That's a little much. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Ooh, but cool. It was yeah. cool. It grew my audience. Like I got, um, I got a video of mine. I think that one the, the time that it really took off, and a lot of this is like you try to put out the best work you can, you try to put out the best videos that you can, and obviously your artwork being good and your whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's like kind of luck of like where it goes and who mm-hmm. picks it up and stuff. My Modern Met is like this um, art online page that's a lot on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um they asked permission to use some of my videos and they made this video that was like three minutes long of like my whatever. Wow. This was in 2016 or seven. Yeah. 2016 or 17. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and they, that this is when, I mean my, it was like going along and it was before, while I was still doing production style pottery and um, they picked it up and they made this and then George Takei Mm, who's the you know Star Wars guy and Mm -hmm. he has a big following and he does a lot Mm -hmm. of art and he picked up the My Modern Met video and put it on his page wow and then it was just like right I Star Trek did I say Star Wars oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I didn't even notice I knew (laughs) exactly what you were talking about I have Star Trek thank you so much if my brother ever heard like (laughs) my family are like they love Star Trek right so that would be bad yeah um, but so George Takei picked that up and that was like the big, that's the biggest one that I think I've been on and other ones that then they pick it up and people are like, the lines on here are wobbly. And I'm like, I know it's intentional. I wanted to look handmade, oh boy. but, um, yeah. So then once my uh, Instagram started really um, taking off and the audience growing. Then I 
transitioned away from production pottery and to more what I'm doing now where I can like really create what I want to make and mm-hmm. take more time working on it because yeah. I know it will sell for a little bit more. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, um, so I, yeah, I transitioned from making the made to order work cause before the George Decay, also at the same time, about a month before Kate Hudson shared a picture of one of my mugs, because I, wow. after a little bit of internet sleuthing, we figured out her brother or her brother's wife has one of my mugs, Oh, and she must have been over at their house, and she took a picture, and it was literally, like, just the mug, and I used to write these, like, kind of inspirational things on them, it uh-huh. just said, it's a good day, uh-huh. and it was, like... Um, just a picture of the mug and she wrote something like it's a good Friday or something like that and it was like that was crazy and so I still had made to order work I sold so many mugs in that day wow (laughs) that's crazy but um and that's a whole nother story but um so that happened and then the George Takei thing happened and so my my Etsy shop that I was feeding people to from Instagram where I was doing made-to-order work was just going crazy, and it was great because I, you know, was selling work, but then I had to make all the work. Yeah. (laughs) And at first, I used to like doing the made-to-order work because I'd make a batch, and about, you know, three, a a third to, like, half of the work would have already been sold by the time it was getting into the kiln, so Mm -hmm. I'd have some extra pieces so that if something didn't go right, I'd have an extra, or I can put it up on my page as, like, ready to ship for people that wanted it right then, Mm -hmm. and then by the time, you know, uh, after a couple months of, um, after those couple things happening, my kilns would be, like, 100% sold when I was loading them, and I'd just be, like, terrified. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I know. And I, every, every once in a while, I'd have a kiln malfunction, or something would just go kerflooey, and you'd be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. <laughs> what now? And I have to, like, email all these people and say it's going to be another, like, three weeks. Oh, and, man, that's got to be a little so stressful. It got just too much stress, and I was like, I this is... This is not the um, is career not the path for stress. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. If I want to have a stressful job, I can make more money doing something else. <laughs> right. And so I was like, I need to change it up here. And so that's when I realized, okay, if I'm having this much success at this, I can switch it so that it's um, all ready to ship. I just make a batch and then post post it, and mm-hmm. I put it up on my thing, and I tell people when it's going to happen, and, mm-hmm. sell, and I sell it that way. Right, and that sounds smart. And yeah, it and it was good to do it the way that I was doing it before. <laughs> I was growing my skills a lot then too. Mm-hmm. I was making much more simple work. I was able to um, sell it for much less because I wasn't putting as much work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm a firm believer at setting your price prices at how you know a good vet like at what you, they are worth. Mm-hmm. But when you're first starting out. Like the work that I'm making now, and actually I used to make my birds and stuff way back in college and when I was first starting, but they take so long Mm -hmm. and so much time to draw them and color them in and do all the things, Mm -hmm. all the steps, that it's it should be a $100 mug or a $100 more mug. Right. But when I was starting my business, nobody wanted to buy a $100 mug from me. Yeah, (laughs) right. And my skill level wasn't there that I felt comfortable, but I was putting the amount of time... Sure. That mm-hmm. I should get a hundred dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to switch and start doing, you know, the more simple production work that was all mostly black and white. It was much more simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and so I could sell a $40 mug. Like, okay, I'm putting, right. if I'm going to put, sell a $40 mug, I should only put $40 worth of work into it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to make more work because I wasn't taking as much time and getting to the point where it made sense as a business. Right. Sure. And, um, and then I felt like as I grew my business, my, my, following okay now I can start making work that is more complex because mm-hmm. people want my work as and they're willing to pay for it and right. as a collection as a you know thing mm-hmm. like because that because it's art yes right. and so I actually was um at my friend's house this is getting to what my work looks like now like with the birds and the little, mm-hmm. the decorations and stuff mm-hmm. um I was at a friend of mine's house in 2018 Yes, 2018, in Pittsburgh, he lived there, he went, I went to college with him, he was a good friend of mine in college, he was one of the guys on the couch, he was one of my good, good friends, and um, I was at his house staying with him, because I was there for a ceramic conference, my first big ceramic conference that I got to go to, because my kids were old enough, I felt like I could go away mm-hmm. for a weekend, and, and so I was there staying with him, because he happened to live there, and he has just like a a collection of my old work because you know oh, when you're wow. in art school you just give your friends yeah work. right that's what you do happy birthday <laughs> yeah. right. like, I got too much stuff you're just all trading <laughs> and uh so I you know I see all my my art from college there and I sent him some things after college and he had one of my little like stuffed birds that I made in college and and then he had a mug of mine that I had like these doodles of these birds a little bird stack mm-hmm. and I saw it and I was like, oh, I think like I need to bring that back. Like this is uh-huh. time to like start doing that again. And I posted the picture of that mug, which I had made, you know, at least, I don't know, 10 years before that mm-hmm. or so. And, uh, and I was like, I think w- I want to bring my birds back. I've been, and people loved the picture. They were like, Oh, this is so great. You gotta do it. <laughs> and, uh, and then I started doing it from there, and mm-hmm. I had already sort of decided to transition to being making batches and then selling them, so it worked very well for that, because I couldn't mm-hmm. do made-to-order work with this work. It's, like, too labor-intensive and right. too special. Mm-hmm. Um, that So then I, I've, uh, I started back on that track, and that's when it um, really grew also, I think, because people started to see my work... Um, more as special pieces mm-hmm. and that grew my audience too even more from there so um and that's been just kind of cruising can yeah. we see yeah. your work anywhere locally right now um i have some work more simple work at um emerge mm-hmm. emerge mm-hmm. In their store. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been I've actually it, you know it's all like I feel like art and creativity and inspiration goes like this right uh, loopy yeah loopy. this is yeah. the it's not like this it's not it, it, sometimes it just feels like a circle yeah mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> I feel like it's kind of just going like this so I now I like want to get back to making some more things that are a little bit more simple that I can price at a lower price point mm-hmm. and but it's so it's not taking me quite as long mm-hmm. so I've been actually doing hand building and um making these planters and these other more simple mm-hmm. not decorated but focusing on the form i saw those little planters that you made that were on their wall Mm -hmm. planters yeah and they were so they were so simple and but they were so attractive you know just like 
I I want one of those, but I ended up with the bulls, which well, the I'm bulls really are happy. Very <laughs> well, there are, are those planters. Are, I've got some more of those at Emerge right now. Oh, cool! And, I need to go um, to Emerge. I yeah. know. I want to check the their little shop there is so great. It too. is a I great love the shop. shop. We were there for there. the opening, the reemerge yeah. of the reemerge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that whole. I love it there. I yeah. love I love everything about Emerge. And um, so I do have some work there, and I've got my planters there. And, yeah, I'm focusing on forms. I, everything that I make, I I really love the design um, challenge of making something that is simplified. I like always seeing what I can take away from something instead mm-hmm. of what I can add to. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, I like, in a minimalist or, like, mid-century kind of, aesthetic tradition like what can you take away but while still keeping the warmth and the um sort of the coziness or the Mm -hmm. the comfort of something and the unique having it still be unique Mm -hmm. and different from other things that you've seen Mm -hmm. that's that's like the sweet spot that I love to kind of live in where it it still looks very much like my own work but right. it is simple in a way and pared down. Right. And that's even like with the birds. I, I, I've always, I've doodled these little birds for a long, long time now. I can never remember. Uh, like probably in college I started doing these, doodling these little simple birds. And it is like uh, what are just the simple lines that you can do mm-hmm. and still have like character and still have mm-hmm. sort of this this thing going on with, with uh without even eyes or even a- yeah. anything else there. And, uh, and I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Looking to sell or seeking that dream home? Nancy White of Coeur Portfolio Real Estate is not your average real estate agent. Known as the real estate queen, Nancy has consistently garnered awards and accolades in sales production, education, and leadership while continuing to volunteer locally. And she is an avid supporter of our local arts community. Coeur Portfolio Real Estate promises local real estate expertise plus concierge-level service. Call Nancy today at 208-818-1126. So I'd love to hear about your daily routine. Okay. How do you start? How do you start? What do you do? What do I do? Actually, you wake so up. I wake one. up for the last like <laughs> year. I, my So my daughters right now are seven and four. Mm-hmm. So... You're busy. I'm busy. <laughs> busy. It's that time of life, I yeah. guess. You know, yeah, like yeah. a lot. And but I feel like they're getting to an age that's really great because they're more um, Indep- capable in being independent, independent yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, it's yes. the best time. <laughs> but they still kind of listen to me for the most part. The seven-year-old right. starting to. Like, <laughs> but um, so I um, I have a strong meditation background and yoga practice Mm -hmm. and my life and I used to always like the idea of you know meditating every day but when they were little I was just like I kind of do that I was like oh you're supposed to wake up in the morning and meditate like are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like oh just wake up earlier if you wake up earlier they they wake wake up up earlier earlier. yeah like you can't and and when they're little you can't just be like go in the other room and do something like right that's not a thing Mm mm-hmm for a three-year-old <laughs> right <laughs> or even like watch a half an hour tv show like a three-year-old doesn't have the no 
bandwidth for that. So, in the last year, I have started actually waking up earlier, making myself go to bed earlier, which is really hard for me because I'm a night owl by nature. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have children, I'd be awake until, you know, two or three in the morning every day. Um, I'd love that, (laughs) but um, I can't do that. So I force myself to go to bed at night and then I, um, I wake up and I make my coffee and I sit for just 15 minutes. I mean, I feel like even just having a a very short amount of sitting meditation in Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. is really important to me um it doesn't need to be I used to you know do these long things and Mm -hmm. you know have an hour long yoga practice and a half an hour sitting I don't have time for that so I like stretch for five minutes (laughs) sit for 15 minutes and then I I actually journal in the morning morning too a little bit Mm -hmm. and drink a coffee and um if you've ever heard of the artist's way have you ever heard I have yes Uh uh-huh if anybody's ever interested in like diving deeper into their art or whatever mm-hmm. creative life mm-hmm. it's a really great book and I have that book <clears throat> it is what the first chapter is about doing morning pages and it, it's a great practice I don't do like three pages I think is the recommendation but Ooh. it's the the idea I just like write a little bit and a little bit of gratitude a little something mm-hmm. and uh it is not meant to be prolific or smart or interesting or something you ever read again it's just to like and get it out of your brain Mm -hmm. and then you can go on with your day so that's the whole concept behind like morning pages it's Mm -hmm. not you're not even really supposed to read them you can just throw them away if you want to Mm -hmm. but you know you can just write a little bit and and move on and it's nice because it does kind of clear out the clutter mm-hmm. in, right in your brain a little bit um so I like to do that in the morning this is on on weekdays I do that on the weekdays and on the weekends I sleep <laughs> <laughs> I sleep in and my husband one watches the kids it's wonderful but so on a weekday I, I wake up and I try to do that I drink my coffee and then commence with trying to get the children it wrangled and <laughs> getting mm-hmm. them into their Kiva goes to Sorensen. Oh yeah, I don't know if you do that for them. Uh, we love Sorensen. Uh, we love Sorensen. We Sorenson. love Sorensen. So get her into a little, you know, her little uniform, and they're really great about getting themselves dressed now. Like I feel like I can mm-hmm. do my my morning practice because I'm like, you got your list of things you have to do while I'm in here. If I come out here and they're not done. Yeah, mom face comes out, you know, (laughs) and then we get them off to school, and I'm usually able to come home, I get home, and listen to my news podcast, and put away the dishes, and clean the house a little bit, because I'm also, my husband works full time, so I kind of have all the mom stuff Mm -hmm. to do, Mm -hmm. and uh, most of that I, I try to get the house looking relatively decent so that I, because I'm working at home, mm-hmm. so um, I try to do a little bit of that, and then I'm usually That's kind of also a decluttering of your mind. Exactly, and mm-hmm. I just feel like, and sometimes, like, my husband doesn't get it, he's like, just leave it, and I'm like, no, if no. I come up here and it's not clean, it just makes, even, it doesn't have to be perfectly clean, but if the clutter in the kitchen and stuff, mm-hmm. like, it just makes me crazy. Is your studio <laughs> in your house? My studio's in my basement. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So see, I'm like, I'm going to come up here. You yeah, know, you're going to see it. Times a day. Yeah, it's hard I'm to see it. Yeah. It'd be easier if I had my studio out of the house. I could just leave it. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I usually try to, I think I'm usually in my studio by like 930 or mm-hmm. so. That's pretty good. Waking up at 6 or 630 to get into my studio at 930, that is literally in my basement. It's sometimes a little bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it's the way The commute it is. is I know, the commute. The commute is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think that it would just be like, I'll be fall there in five minutes. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to get the kids yeah. and the things. It'll get, and it'll and get better. It will. It'll get Eventually, better. Eventually, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> it's hard at first. Yeah. And so then I, I try to work. The morning is my, my best work time, um, usually up until lunch. And I, I get a lot of work done in my studio then. I try not to do other things. I did this, of course, in the morning. But yeah. uh, I try try not to commit myself too much in the morning so that I can um, have that time. It's the best time for me to work. Mm-hmm. And then have lunch and work afterwards, and I go pick up the kids, and then do it all over again. <laughs> do dinner. I I go pick up my kids either at like three thirty when they get done with school, or they do do after school programs sometimes too. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I do also depending on how busy I am, especially if I'm coming up to like uh, a update which is what I call them when I post all my new work online and I and that's always like I I I gear up to an update I like make a batch of work over a month or a month and a half Mm -hmm. and then I post it and I like do all the promotion online and right yeah it's like a big deal and it's always at a very specific day and a specific time Uh uh-huh and uh if I'm getting close to that I tend to work at night too after the kids go to bed and maybe like get that going yeah I, Mm -hmm. I I I I don't love to work at night because it makes me feel a little crazy if I'm feeling like I have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, maybe I'll work while they're, like, doing stuff after school, too, and Mm -hmm. try to get down there, but it's a little harder. But if I'm really in a push, then I'm then I'm down there all the time. Great. <laughs> so yeah. how close are you to an update? Um, a couple weeks, I'm going to do one, which is not going to be mugs. It's going to be planters and other things, um, which is kind of fun. I took a month off of that. And then I'll have two more updates for the rest of the year. Um, I already am like, oh my gosh, it's like going to be the holidays. So I've got like one that's going to be in November. And then I usually try to do one in mm-hmm. November, one in December before sure. the holidays. Mm-hmm. All with mugs and ornaments and stuff like that for the oh, holidays. Cool. Oh, fun. So, and so you can find the update on your website. And yes. you also and post it on Instagram. I mostly am posting on Instagram. If people want to stay up to date with what I'm doing, Instagram mm-hmm. is the best way. I also have a newsletter Okay. I also have a newsletter to sign up to that I always post when I'm going to be doing my updates. Okay. Um, and then I also have an assistant that comes and helps me photograph Ooh, them and ship them, which is great because most of my stuff usually sells in a day and then I can have her come in the next day. And, That's and helpful. Ship yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Add a little flair to your special events with Scraps Barbecue, a great catering choice for your next gathering. Specializing in golf tournaments, sporting events, and more, their commercial kitchen can be on-site, or you can choose to have a fully catered meal delivered right to you. Known for their authentic Santa Maria-style tri-tip and tequila lime fish tacos, they can customize the menu to meet your needs for groups of 20 to 2,500. Contact Kevin at kevin at scrapsbarbecue.com or check them out on Facebook. 
All right. It's, what's the handle, so the handle again? again? Melissa Maya Pottery is my handle, and everything is under Melissa Maya Pottery. Right. Yeah. And Yay. so, yeah. And I, Excellent. I, I also do think that there's going to be, I'll be a part of a little show at the end of the year at Emerge. Um, it's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be called the Winner Takes All Show. I just need to talk about it for a second because oh, yes. it's going to be so cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. It is a show where we're going to get work because I also work with Emerge. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to help them with it a little bit and where we're going to get work from artists from all over the community. And then... Uh, it's going to be shown in the show, and we're going to sell tickets for uh, either just that you can buy online, or you can come to an event, hopefully we're going to have there for it, mm-hmm. and whoever gets the winning ticket is going to get everything in the show. Oh, oh my gosh! That's wow! Yeah. That is awesome! Oh, I'm yeah. buying a ticket. I want a ticket. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. It's going to be so Cool. That, that is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah, That's so fun. I'll have That'd some work fun. in there. That's and then awesome. and it'll be right before the holidays, so then you can have like Oh, you can yeah, win everything. Christmas presents for everybody. For everybody. Oh my gosh, I want to do that. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't that sound like so much fun? Oh, it that does. does. That sounds like That's fun. That's a great idea. Yeah. I know. How fun. Yeah, so it would be like really winning cool. the lottery. Well, um, I have one more thing. Okay. Um, okay. I listened to the podcast that you did when you lived in Denver, mm-hmm. and um, I was really fascinated with the retreat that you went on where you basically didn't talk for three months. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to tell that story because not very many people do that, would even consider doing that. I would because I think it's cool, but... um, not too many no, people. No, and if you, most people have never even heard of it. Right. Um, I, I first heard the idea of doing a silent retreat when I was in college, my year at Xavier, just like randomly in my philosophy class, somebody mentioned it. And I was like, and then it just like stuck in the back of my head, like, that's a thing you can do. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so it, it, um, I, it was a Buddhist retreat. I took a meditation class when I was in college then at, at Bowling Green, I just, mm-hmm. there just happened to be this in the philosophy program of a meditation class and I took it and I got really into it. On that class, we did a weekend long silent retreat as a part of the, the course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I need more of this. And I was just, I don't know, I was 21. Everything was going on. My you know, life was mm-hmm. a mess in my family growing up in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I think I just needed quiet, quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember writing that a lot. Like I need quiet. I need a break. I need something. I don't know. And, uh, and then I, I went to my professor cause then he sometimes talked about this place called IMS, the Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts. And cause he sometimes did things with them. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to him, I, I went into his office hours and I said, um, is, is that a thing you can, like, I want to go do a retreat. What can I do? What's the deal? <laughs> Tell me what to do. Yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, they're the very mess in Barry, Massachusetts and same meditation society. And in the fall every year they do a long retreat and usually it's three months, but that year, because the main teacher, Joseph Goldstein, um, and, and Jack Cornfield, who run that place, and if you are in that sort of Buddhist meditation realm, they're like big names in mm-hmm. that world. They were taking that year off. And so they were doing it a little bit differently that year, where they were only doing it for nine weeks, so just over two months. 
and they were breaking it up into chunks, two weeks, two weeks, and then four weeks. Mm -hmm. And so if you've, because normally if you want to do a three month long retreat, you have to have a couple long retreats under your belt. And so they were doing it in those chunks. So you could sign up for the first two weeks and the next two weeks. And so if you were not like, you know, going out of your mind. If it wasn't working. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You had a way out pretty easily. That's cool. And so a lot more younger people were able to do it that way that year, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, But I was the youngest woman at the retreat. There was one other guy that was younger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I don't know why. Sometimes I'm like, why did I do that? I don't know. It's just like, call. it was a calling to me. It was like a pull. And, and so I, I went to that and I loved it. And it was amazing, and it, I went into that a very different person than I came out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. nine weeks of silence is going to do it to you. Right. <laughs> and so I knew I wanted to do a longer one after I got out of college. So then I did three and a half months out of college. And wow. the Insight Meditation Society has a place next to it called the Forest Refuge, and they do more rolling retreats. And they actually had a... Um, a Burmese monk coming there right after I was graduating and mm-hmm. I really wanted to go sit with him mm-hmm. and he did like it was very intense it was he was, was the one that you had to he didn't say much and he was the one that you had to know exactly what you wanted you didn't go in to talk to Paul Oxido unless you knew what you're talking about right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you had something specific to say like these western teachers there were western teachers there too that you could go talk to if you needed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. but like the western teachers just like oh it's fine and do whatever you want to do and oh you don't want to do that that's fine whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> like, not with him you're like ah, okay but um so it's good that it wasn't my first retreat but mm-hmm. um that was a very interesting experience too and yeah at those retreats at the the first one that I did and then I also did a month-long meditation retreat when I was pregnant with my first daughter um in California at Spirit Rock which is Jack Cornfield's place now oh mm. wow uh, or, I mean, I say his place. He started it with some other people, and there's lots of other people there too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but, so at a retreat, typically what you do is you wake up, like, early in the morning, and you sit uh, for, like, half an hour, 45 minute long mm-hmm. sits, and then you eat in silence, you do going back and forth throughout the day between walking meditation, where you walk back and forth on a line, mm-hmm. and... Um, you don't go in for a walk. Like, you can go for a walk in the day at some point if you want to, but you walk mm-hmm. back and forth on a line, and it's supposed to be, you know, you're paying attention to your body and the movement. And then you sit for 45 minutes, walk for 40 minutes, then mm-hmm. sit, walk, sit, walk, sit, walk. And then eat, and then sit, walk, sit, walk. Oh, wow. And then there's a talk every night where one of the teachers gives a Dharma talk where um, they talk about whatever it is they're going to talk about that night, which is something mm-hmm. Buddhist-related. And then... But they don't open it up for questions. In the morning, in the mornings <laughs> they do. Quiet. Actually, oh, in really? the mornings they do open it up. A lot of times, at after the first sit in the morning, they talk briefly, and then they open it up for any some questions, like a couple. Mm-hmm. And then you do get on the shorter retreats. You go in every day to talk to somebody, usually sometimes even as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the longer retreats, every like couple days you go in. So you can have whole days where you don't talk to anybody. But then um, every like two or three days you get to go in and have like a 10 or 15 minute interview with somebody, one of the teachers, Mm -hmm. and be like, so are you going crazy? Right. (laughs) And uh, it's nice that they check in on you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you can go with any of your questions or what's 
going on and what's uh, happening. So you have somebody that you can talk to yeah. um, in the day. Um, but it's amazing because I can't imagine being quiet in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a talker. I love mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. I love people. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. Um, but I having that container, they call it a lot, is, like, so important for a silent retreat. Everybody that works there even is silent. Um, unless, except for in the office or whatever, where they need to be talking, mm-hmm. the people who work in the kitchen are mostly silent. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. They're all holding that space for the people that are yeah. doing the retreats. So you can't just like be quiet in yeah. your daily life. <laughs> right. But like on that, it's all meant to be that way. So you yeah. can really go um, into that. So do you find that that cool. whole experience really affected your work? I mean, it infect it affected my whole life. So yeah, of course, it affected yeah. my work. I think it it um, it certainly affected the way that I focus on things. Mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. and the way that I think about what I want to be doing. But, and it was part of why I then became a yoga teacher. I thought, oh, I want to do this instead, mm-hmm. and whatever, and. Yeah. Then found my way back to art because I couldn't stop making things. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it definitely it definitely affected, especially how I work. I think too. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make things that are happy and feel good and yeah and um, bring people well. Your comfort bird certainly enjoy. do that. Yeah, Peace that's and what joy. I. Yeah. I want to bring that. And my fish bowls. I mean, I look at them and I'm just like. Yeah, this yeah. is the Gorgeous. coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah, I even think that way about my my Instagram. I think about it as a piece of my work because it is. It's a it's another form of create creativity, mm-hmm. and um, I want to put out stuff out there that is um, comforting and happy and mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. brings people a little slice of joy in their life because there's certainly plenty of the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and so that. I'm not. Big, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, That's this it. has been so great, Maya. I yeah. just, I love talking to you. I, I'm so inspired. I, I know. I'm going to try to be quiet. <laughs> it won't. It's hard. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I want to be around you when you do that. I want to see if it actually happens. Just thinking. I don't know. You have I, to go away for that. I you think have to go I will away. have yeah. to be Go look up Spirit Rock. I might have to be put away. <laughs> Right. I'm not sure how well I do, but uh, I I think it's fascinating, and you're fascinating, and mm-hmm. what a great life, and mm-hmm. how lucky your kids are to have such a creative mom and yeah. supportive parents, and yeah, I love yeah. your art. So well, I appreciate you having me so much. Thank yeah. you. Yes, I really wonderful. I love it. We've been enjoying meeting and and getting to know people. This, so this cool. is so The best thing. Yeah, love yeah. it. So. Yeah, so um, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, today, I'm going to try to speak again. Whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. Hello, Allie and Callie, our cast listeners. Tubbs Coffee Roasters is offering you 20% off your next coffee purchase at our roastery. Just mention this ad and get 20% off our core blends of Beast, Double Eagle, or Teacher's Pet. Also, redeemable online at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com with promo code AllieCalli20. That's A-L-I-C-A-L-L-I-E-2-0. Tubbs Coffee Roasters. Globally sourced, locally roasted. Thank you.
The Allie and Callie Artcast is brought to you by the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and sponsored by The Ovation Company, Scraps Barbecue, Tubbs Coffee Roasters, and Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate.